This is the weekly podcast for Connection Community Church for Sunday, November 1st, 2009. Located in Middletown, Delaware, we are dedicated to connecting people to Jesus and the life that he offers. For more information about Connection Community Church and our ministries, please contact us at www.connectioncc.org. If you seek a relationship with Jesus or would like prayer, please call our church offices at 302 378-7692. On behalf of the entire Connection family, we thank you for listening and pray that you are blessed by God's message. Oh, boy. Uh, The Collection Plate, huh? The Collection Plate. Or in our case here at Connection Church, we use the Collection Bag. Let's think about the message today. I'm thinking, what other business is funded in that fashion by sending a a plate down the aisle. Any of your businesses? No. Now, I was talking to Ted. He's our uh, coordinates the worship and creative arts here and everything. We were talking about worship day, and he reminded me of a place where, where they do do that uh, to, 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 for funding, and that's at the Little League field where they take a, an old bubblegum bucket and pass it down, and you reach in your pocket, and you either throw your change or a couple bucks in, and yeah, whatever you got, you throw it in. Little League or maybe Little League football, they may do it as well, and that they're funded at least in part that way, yeah. Anyway. You know, they don't send that bucket around for their basic financing. They get their basic financing from us, and don't we know it? Okay, so we have four kids who played Little League, and now we have five kids, and this includes school stuff now because we are paying big bucks for our kids to be able to participate in these sports. So we're paying like lots of money right now, or we have over our lifetime, but that bucket that gets passed in through the stands, that's kind of like over the top to help with maybe trophies and for some operational expenses that might be a little bit more fluff. Maybe that's how it'll be here. That's just for over the top stuff, but it's not, is it? That's our basic funding method. Anyway, I got thinking... When we are sending that bag down the aisle, do we go at it with the same mindset that we do with that empty bubblegum container that comes down the aisle in the little leg? Do we approach it the same way? Here's some spare change. Here's a couple bucks and throw it in, you know, not really thinking about what we're truly doing there, just trying to maybe kind of help out offset some of the over and above expenses. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we humbly stand before you and before these people gathered to share your word found in Scripture. Open us up, Lord, that we might be changed and transformed, that we might leave this place a little bit different than when we came in just a little while ago. We give this time to you in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. Money. Money. Gosh. We don't talk a lot about that in church often. Uh, In fact, some places it's like a four-letter word, but it's not. It's five letters. It's okay. We can say it in church. Money. We don't talk a lot about that here. Uh, I'm not sure. We maybe in eight years have done one message on a Sunday morning, I think. Maybe touched on it once or twice. Uh, here's the reason. Several years ago, we were doing some study on what, what 
keeps people from going to church? What's their reason for not wanting to come to church? And basically at that time, there were two reasons. One, a lot of people said church is irrelevant to my life. It doesn't connect with me. Two, at church all they want to talk about is money. And so we work very hard to try to make what we do here relevant to the lives of the parishioners. And second, we try hard not to make it all about money. Money. But the problem is, kind of in our zeal to not talk about it, we might have gone a little bit overboard. And here's why we say this. We've said, okay, we're not going to talk about money, but the problem is there's a whole lot of stuff in this scripture about money. And it takes money to keep the lights on. It takes money. Money is an important part of our lives, and money is an important part of our church. Here's one of our challenges. Even though we don't like to talk about money, the bottom line is this. It's a reality. It takes money to run this place. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. You know, we have rent to pay. We got salaries to pay. We got insurance to pay. We buy Sunday school curriculum. They expect us to send them a check. You know, there's a couple, I think there's four or five propane tanks just on the other side of that wall. Now, you might not notice it now, but as it gets colder, you're going to be real happy if those propane tanks are filled up because that's what keeps this place at 68 degrees or whatever. But you know the funny thing about when that driver comes up and puts that propane in that tank, you know what he expects? Yeah, he expects to get paid. Go figure. They expect to get paid for that. We have a great neighbor. It's the town of Middletown, that office just uh, down the street. You know, we're in partnership with the town. But do you know that they send us a bill every month? They do. I get one at my house. We get one here at the church. And they expect payment on that bill. You know... We are going to have this town hall meeting on Tuesday night, and we would like to share with you kind of the state of the church and in more detail what we're talking about today in those financial details. But right now, just to kind of keep it simple, we'd like to say that um, we have expenses, and it takes money to cover them. Because, like, you know, we on that side, we are a business here. And we sometimes say, oh, the church isn't a business. Oh, yes, it is a business. And we have bills to pay, and, and, and we need to have receipts in and those kind of things. And, and the thing is, right now, just like all of you, um, it's economically challenging. Can I get an amen to that? Yeah, it's very economically challenging right now. And our budget is being stretched more than it's ever been stretched. In some places, it's actually popping. I don't know if you've heard that popping sound, but I have. Some places, it's popping because um, we are not spending recklessly. In fact, we are more um, frugal than we have ever been, uh, <clears throat> but less money coming in. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there's a reason for that because <clears throat> you got less money coming in. Amen? Yeah, as, your, as, as, as jobs get cut, as paychecks get cut, as bonuses get cut, as uh, hours get cut, money goes down, your money goes down, 
our money goes down. The challenge for us, just as for you, is there are some fixed expenses that we have here. For example, the rent here is fixed. We've tied in to a several-year lease. Why would we do that? Well, because when we make some changes and all, we want to make sure we're going to be in here in a while to, to benefit from the changes because we put the money into these walls and everything. But the challenge is, like, we've got four sections here. Each one's on a separate lease. That's kind of goofy, but that's how it is as we rented them. Um, the place over there, the garage space, was the newest. When we took that on, it looked like there would be no problem for paying with it. But as, as time goes on and the economic downturn, to be quite frank with you, this month, Mike, our treasurer, was able to give our landlord a, a check for the other three quarters of the building, but that quarter he didn't have the check for. Well, we had a meeting with our landlord, and let me tell you, he didn't do cartwheels when we said we didn't have the $3,344 for that section. In fact, the next day we got a, a FedEx a FedEx letter, which makes it very official, telling us just what is expected. We well knew that. The challenge is when it ain't there, it ain't there. Amen? Amen. You know that at home, same thing. And so we were talking to him. He may consider maybe renegotiating the rent a little bit, but he's in the same boat we are because he's got expenses and, and incomes are down. And, you know, it's a whole kind of a thing working on itself here. So we just wanted to share that with you. You know, we've got salaries here. It's not like we're taking uh, outrageous salaries and increases. In fact, we've held our salaries level. I'm not sure if it's one or two years, but we've held them level here for a while because how could we take an increase when everybody else is, is staying the same or decreasing? So we've been watching our salaries very closely, been as prudent as possible, and yet still it's a challenge. Hmm. We've worked really hard <clears throat> to trim our budget everywhere we can, and um, we have been really blessed to be able to pay for a cleaning service for the last few years. They come in on Saturday night, and everything's nice and clean, and the bathrooms are done, and the waste cans are emptied. Guess what, guys? It's us now. We're going to clean our church because that's an expense that we can let go. That's really a wonderful thing that we've been able to do, but that's something that together as the family of Christ... We can clean our own house, can't we? Absolutely. So, no spectators here, unless it's your first time. No spectators Next here. Week we'll get you. <laughs> there are sign-up sheets. We need for you to sign up to take your Saturday along with another family or two to clean the church. We're working really, really hard to be good money managers of, of the finances that do come in. Mm. What, why are we sharing this with you today? Well, we've put this off as long as possible, and we have the town meeting coming up. We thought about doing it there, but not everybody comes to the town meeting. We wanted to share it with as broad a population of the church as possible. We didn't want to do it through email either because actually there's some spiritual implications that we're going to talk about in a few minutes. But the, the business side of church, we usually don't talk about Sunday morning, but yeah, this is like, to me, it's kind of like, do you ever have a family meeting where you just had to talk about how things were challenging or not so, but you know, you sit at the kitchen table and you have the, the talk, the here's how things are talk. Well, that's what this is. You know, we're family here. This is the Connection family, um, and, and, and we wanted to share with you, and this may come as a surprise. That, you know, for a while we've known things are tight, and uh, we, we've got to be careful because we think because we've been talking about the leadership team and staff that everybody knows. Well, everybody doesn't know, but we need to let you in on it. 
because we don't want you to really surprise you when you come in and, you know, the heat's at 40 degrees and you got to wear your parka and stuff or, you know, when, when things have to change because there just isn't the funding to take care of it. We don't want that to be a big surprise. We want you to be in on what's going on here. You know, I just want to say something about the cleaning. In our first couple years of connection, we cleaned our church. A lot of us came in, and you know what? It was so much fun to hang out here and to do that. It's really, actually, fun. So um, we can make new relationships and get to know each other in new ways. And I'm actually looking forward to those kinds of opportunities. It's important for us today to think about the money that we give to church in a different way than the money that is collected when that bubble gum bucket is passed through the stands um, at a game. Yeah, uh, I've shared this before, and um, maybe you've heard it, and if you have, I'm not going to apologize because it, it bears repeating. It's important to hear again. Several years ago, we heard some interesting statistics some things about Scripture. You know, in the Scripture, I think I have this right. There's like 500 verses on, uh, on prayer, 700 on faith, or maybe it's the other way around. Anyway, between five and 700 on faith and same on prayer. Do you know how many verses in Scripture have to do with money and possessions? Over 2,350. That's, that's like twice as many as on faith and prayer. You, know, you say, well, of course there's Scripture on faith and prayer. That's what the whole Bible is. Well, actually, the whole Bible has to do with money, too, and possession, because it's twice as often mentioned as faith and prayer. In the, in the gospel stories, the stories that talk about Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, one out of ten verses has to do with money and possessions. That's one-tenth. In other words, if you read the Bible, you cannot get away from reading about money and possessions. You know, it's funny how we get all upset talking about money in the church, and yet we can't avoid it if we read Scripture. So one, mm. the question is why so many verses? Why so many verses on money and possessions? Well, it's probably because those are the things that hold on, that have control of us. There are so many times when I know I've been guilty of my possessions and my paycheck being even more important than God. God knows that we struggle with that and that we just want to hold tight and clench our fists. So God teaches us in the Bible about money and possessions. Yeah, mm. yeah it's funny. We, we go from it's uh, Christ here, Christ here. That's my wallet. <laughs> Christ here. Right? Right. Right. You know, I see some of you this morning, you're kind of listening close. Or, or like I, looking for the door. Well, no, not quite. Some are sitting there. I, you might not have them crossed, but I see mentally this. And that's okay. Mentally, if you could, just for a second, go like this. Mentally. Just open up for a second because it's really important you hear the next thing that I'm going to share with you. Because this isn't a Carrie and Allen thing. It's not like we've got together and said, hey, what can we do to... Uh, fire up everybody and get them upset and, uh, and talk about them. This is a scriptural thing, and part of our job here, if we're going to connect people with Jesus' life they offer, we've got to share what the scriptures say and help you to understand it. That's part of our job. Here's the challenge for most of us. 
Now remember, get your arms open here. Be ready for this one. The things in our possession, money, other things, see, we like to think of them as ours. Don't you refer to it as my house, our house, my car, our car, my money, your money. We we like to think of them as ours. The funny thing is, see, now keep those arms open. Don't be folding them on me yet. Don't close off. God thinks of it as his. The challenge is he's right. (laughs) And, And God wants us to think of it as his. That's not a Carrie and Allen thing. That's a God thing in Scripture. Keep them arms open because don't be closing off. Be open to what, because this is what God's sharing with you. He wants you to know it ain't yours. It's his. And as such, we need to be open to what God wants us to do with it. In the Bible, there's, there's a, a book called Malachi. Malachi was a prophet. And Malachi was given a very uh, difficult message to give. He was God's mouthpiece. That's what prophets were. God's, that's what prophets are, God's mouthpiece. Now, at this particular time in history, the people were very, very far from God. Hmm, sounds familiar. People were very, very far from God, and God tells them through the prophets to return to him. He tells them to return to him. Well, the people say, how do we do that? And here's what they're told. Here's what they're told. How how are we to return, they ask. And God, through the prophet, says, will you rob God? Wow, will you rob? Yet uh, Yet you rob me, God says. And they ask, how do we rob you? And God says, in tithes and offerings, you're under a curse. Well, that's pretty intense. Curses, they're pretty, that's pretty intense. The whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Wow, he said it three times now, I think. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. That storehouse is where they would feed the poor and the hungry. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven hmm, and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. Wow. And so this particular scripture talks about the tithe. It's a word we don't use out in the marketplace, but it is a biblical word, the tithe. The tithe is 10%. Giving 10%, the first 10%, not the leftovers, but the first 10%. It's our first fruits. Actually, this is not um, a new thing for the Hebrew people because they were instructed from the beginning as, as a faithful people to give of their first fruits. They gave sacrifices the best they had right off the top in order to be obedient to what God's will and way was for their lives. And so the tithe really is not a today thing, but it's, it's a biblical thing that transforms, that transfers into our lives today. So what's so important about the tithe? Well, let me tell you. The tithe isn't a whole lot about money, although it seems to be, because that's the medium that we use for the expression. 
But it's not an expression of money. It's an expression of our faithfulness and our belief that God can take care of things. That's what the tithe really is. Tithing means we believe that all we have truly is God's and that he has allowed us to take care of that little portion that he's put in our, um, I'm not going to say possession, put in our uh, allowing us to use for the time being. As such, when we tithe, we aren't giving God 10% of what's ours. Oh, God, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little bit because you need it. God's got everything. He doesn't need our piddling 10%. Let's get real. It's for our benefit because God is allowing us to keep 90%. We're not giving him 10. He's allowing us to keep 90 because it's all his to start with. And so when we kind of look at, look at this and, and change our mindset, it really, it really does change everything because we're no longer reluctant to let go of that 10%, but there's, there's this joy of being able to keep 90% of what is God's anyway. It's all God's. Um, we're letting go of something actually in that 10% that was never truly ours in the first place. And see what happens when we're able to think of money in this way. Not that it's ours, but it's God's and he's allowing us to use it. That changes everything. Because we start thinking not just about money, but the stuff we've got. Like, no longer is it my house, but it's God's house. And God's allowing me to stay there as long as either the house lasts, I last, or whatever circumstances last. My car is no longer my car. It's the God's car, but he's allowing me to use it so I can get where I need to get. And there might come a day where he says, why don't you go on foot? That may happen. I'm going to say, thank you, Lord, for the time I've got the car now because it isn't mine, it's his. And if we do that, now all of a sudden, it's going to extend to our relationships. Those children that you're caring for, we think they're ours, they're truly God's. And he's given us the allowing us to care for them. We don't know how long that is, either because of us or because of them, but for the time being, he's allowing us to care for his precious treasures. I remember clearly a day when Erin, she's our firstborn, was um, laying in her crib. She was just a couple weeks old. I wanted to be a mom, and I was, like, so happy that I had my baby girl. And I was just looking at her, and, like, it's my baby. It's my baby girl. And I heard God say to me, she's not yours. I can guarantee you that I had a big argument that day. What do you mean? She's mine. No, she's not yours. She's mine. I've given her to you to take care of. You see, all that we have is not ours, including our relationships. We get to be obedient to God by nurturing our relationships and looking at one another with the eyes of God. And for our possessions, including our money, to be God's. And we just have the opportunity to be good stewards of that. 
stewardship. That's a word that we use in church. Stewardship means taking care of something, taking care of something for someone else. And so we are being, God requires us to be good stewards of everything that comes in, good stewards of what God allows us to have. That's people, that's our possessions, and that includes our paychecks. The thing about tithing, as I said before, is it seems like it's a money thing, but that's just the medium for which we express our faithfulness. It's a faith thing. See, when we tithe, we're saying we believe that God will take care of us as he has said he would. In tithing, we will believe that we will not only survive on the 90% that he's allowing us to have, but that God will bless us incredibly as we do that. That's what he shared in that passage from Malachi that we read earlier. God says, bring in the tithe and test me. Look through Scripture. You're not going to find God saying, test me. But here he does. Test me. He's pretty serious on this. Test me and see how I throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing you won't have enough room for it. You've seen, maybe you've been in a flood or you've seen flood pictures on TV. You know, what happens when a floodgate holds back the water? If a floodgate opens, you get flooded. Some people drown in a flood. Amen? How would you like to be drowned in blessing? That's what God's saying to us. I will... <clears throat> drown you in blessing if, if you just do what I tell you. I don't know about you, but it seems to me I'd have to be goofy to not take God up on that deal. Can I get an amen? amen. Why would anyone say, God, no, I don't want the blessing. I'll take a little bit, but don't flood me. I'm afraid I won't be able to breathe. That's just goofy, isn't it? And yet that's, that's what we do. Uh, no, thanks, God. Uh, I'll, I'll take care of it myself. I don't know. And Go God tells us, put me to the test on this, and yet we hesitate. We hesitate. And that's because we, um, we have to take that faith step first, and then the blessing comes. We want it the other way around. We want to have this, like, God says, okay, you know, here's the outcome. No, we have to step out in faith, and then the blessing comes. Yeah. See, it's not a logical thing. If you use your brain on this, it isn't going to work. I, I know people who start tithing at the absolutely worst economic time in their life. They, if, if you did it logically, you'd say the person has a screw loose. For instance, share what today somebody said to you because it's the worst economic times well before that somebody they said i really want to tithe but i keep hesitating i want to make sure i got money in the bank but i know i should we had a woman today at first service come up she said she was at the connection class the other night that's a class where we talk about joining the church and that's the one place we do talk about tithing every time and that night they were convicted to tithe. They were convicted to, they thought about it a while they were convicted and they start they, they wrote the check out i think that 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 week. Like within a week it sounded like, because it wasn't that long ago that we had the connection Well, class. and it was a very difficult. Well, it like, was diff- yeah, it wasn't, an, it wasn't a logical thing. It was going to shortchange them, let's say. 
Now, they'd been renegotiating their mortgage. <clears throat> After she wrote the check, the mortgage thing went through. They ended up saving $600 a month on their mortgage. Can you guess how much they were put ex- more it took for them to tithe from what they had been doing previously? $600. That's exactly what the mortgage company didn't charge them anymore. Now, logically, they sh- they, it didn't make sense to do it. Spiritually, they've been so blessed, they can't, they can't well, they've been flooded. <laughs> they've been flooded. We've never met anybody who tithes who said, boy, did I make a mistake doing that. Never met a single person who has ever said that. And we've met a lot of people who tithe. Yeah. And it's challenging. Before we kind of jumped in the deep end with this tithing thing a number of years back, you know, it was kind of easy to skim off the top, and it's like, oh, well, wait, blah, blah, blah. Not doing that. Not doing that. When the day that I kind of like said, okay, God, it's all yours we're going to be obedient, and we're going to do this. I can't tell you the financial freedom that I felt. I felt released from something. It's like, you know, I had this noose around my neck, and when I finally said, okay, it's like I was free because it was this realization that it was God's anyway, and I was just giving them back a portion of God's money. Mm. After your last service, a guy came out and said, you know, if somebody couldn't afford to tithe, what you could do is say, why don't you tithe your time? That would be 16.8 hours a week. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But the thing is, God calls us to do both. Not necessarily tithe our time, but we've been talking for four weeks about giving of our time and our talent. That's a serving. We're called to do that, but we're also called to give of our money and possession. It's not an either or or a substitution thing. It's time, talent, and treasure. It's all three. God calls us because that's what we, he, he, by doing that, we show him how faithful we are. So there are a couple reasons why people give in a church. One is out of guilt. Some people have, have this guilt thing going on, and that's not a good reason to, to give money out of guilt. Guilt's not good. At all. Another reason why people give is because there's a need. And that's a good reason. And, and there's a need. That's a good reason. But here's, here's the best reason why we give. We give because it's an act of thanksgiving to God. Thanksgiving for what God has already given us. You know, we say we're collecting the offering. We're, we're making an offering to God. Thanking him for our very lives. He carried you through the night. It wasn't, you know, and he carried you through the night. He got you here today. It's our offering, our thanksgiving to God. Quite a small token, I must say. But it's our offering to God, and a faith step in doing that is to believe that God 
will take care of us when we faithfully do what God calls us to do. In practical terms, all the things Carrie just said, you know, whatever, even guilt, if that's why you give, that results in helping the bills get paid, you know. So they all, practically speaking, pay bills. But see, today we're not talking about paying bills. Even though we've got bills, that's not what this is about. In spiritual terms, uh, what it's about is listening to what God calls us to, being obedient to God, and offering to God a thanksgiving, an offering, basically, of ourselves to be, as we were in serving, partnership, to be in partnership with God, so to speak. If, if we did just because we're feeling guilty, that's not good. It's, it's not transforming. It's transforming, though, if we hear God's call and we're obedient, and, and, and in that call we, we are uh, consumed by thanksgiving and realizing that God is faithful, and so we can be faithful. God is true to what God says God will do, and so we can be true to what God calls us to do. Um, see, it, it's not so much today about money. I mean, you know, we've got bills and all here. The real important thing is for you to realize God's transforming power when you're obedient to what he tells you to, to do. Um, I'm going to issue you a challenge right here. I know people say, well, I'll have to wait. I'll put it off. Whatever. This month or next month, which maybe you've already paid, right off the top, take 10%. It's not because we want you in the treasury necessarily, but it's because I want to see how God blesses you. Try it for a month. If at the end of the month you're sorry, go back to what you were doing before. As, as, as Dr. Phil says, is that working for you? <laughs> See if this is working for you. If at the end of the month you go, eh, I don't know, try it a second month. You'll be blessed, I guarantee you. But you're not going to be blessed until you step out. God doesn't bless you and then say, uh-uh, uh-oh, be faithful. We're faithful, and then the blessing comes. And, you know, some of you might be in a position to be able to do that, you know, to take that step. But oftentimes when we come to get to know Jesus, we're on this journey. And so that is true also with our giving. Like if, if it's 2% now, try 5 If it's 6%, try 9 You know, don't like, just pray to God. That's, it's between you and God. That's what this is about. It's between you and God. In the 12th chapter of the book of Mark, we read where Jesus is in the temple watching the people as they put their money in the treasury. We're told that many people, many rich people threw in large amounts of money. But then we read where a poor widow put in two very small copper coins worth just a fraction of the penny. Many, many of you are probably familiar with this story. I think they call it the two mites in many scriptures. But here's what Jesus tells his disciples. He says, I tell you the truth, the poor widow has put in more in the treasury than all the others. See, because he's not counting the dollars. He's counting the faithfulness. See, the, the rich ones gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. And he's not saying this, but what she did was she was faithful that God was going to care for her even though she gave him everything she had. 
And so today, you know, tithing is less about money, and it's more about faith. Being faithful that God will take care of us, that God, God has promised that in your life, and that everything that we have is God's anyway. And so our challenge today is to honor God and recognize that and to come before God with thanksgiving. There's a scripture that we would like to to close this portion of the service with, of Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10. Would you read it with me? Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Let's pray. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Oh God, that is really, really hard. What is it that you require of us? To walk humbly with you, to love mercy, to seek justice. You also call us, Lord, to acknowledge that all we have is yours and to bring the tithe into the storehouse. And, oh, God, in faith, help us jump in the deep end of the pool on this one. We thank you for the blessings that flood our lives. It's in humility that we even can sit in your presence. Thank you for your love and for your mercy that is new every day. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus, your very best, who you gave so that we might have life. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly message from Connection Community Church. If you would like more information about what you just heard, or if you seek a relationship with Jesus, please call our church offices at 302-378-7692. You can also find out more about our ministries and upcoming events on our website at www.connectioncc.org. Thank you again for listening, and may this be the greatest week of your life.